Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 74. I have a great show this week, but before I get started, I just want to take a moment of appreciation. I appreciate all of you who tune in every week, and I especially want to give a shout out to my monthly supporters. It is such a lot of work to put this podcast out every week. Don't get me wrong. I really love doing it, and I hope that comes through in my episodes, but there's a small group of you, and you know who you are who send money in every month to help keep this show going. So thank you. I appreciate you. So my guest this week is someone who really inspires me. Kristen Haynes is a digital nomad who spends half the year in her van and the other half on a sailboat with her partner. I first learned about Kristen when she spoke at a remote work conference about how she makes money to sustain her traveling lifestyle. Kristen is a writer and a podcast host, and she's figured out a way to turn those passions into a profitable business. I've been following her blog, reading her newsletter, listening to her podcast to try and distill usable tips that I can apply to my writing and podcast business. Well, Kristen is going to come on today and tell us all about it and the new course that she is offering for digital nomads who want to learn all about writing a niche site. Well, hello, Kristen. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on here, Kristen. Uh, You might not know this, my guest today is Kristen Haynes, and she is from the Wayward Home podcast and blog and who knows what other ventures you got going on, but um, I've kind of been following your journey, not just your journey as a traveler in your RV and in your sailboat, but your entrepreneurial journey. You've kind of been an inspiration to me. So that's been, it's been really exciting for me to follow. And I'm really glad to have you on here so I can kind of pick your brain a little bit. So Thanks yeah, that's for super coming. exciting. Yeah, you're welcome. It's so exciting to hear the entrepreneurial thing was such a new um, development for me in my life. And so it's fun that you were following along with that journey. Well, yeah, it's new in my life as well. So I'm learning a lot watching you uh, a few steps ahead of me. So it's been exciting. Um, so let's see. So let's get a little, let's talk a little bit first. Um, we're going to get into all the business stuff in a minute. But let's talk first about your journey into van life and sailboat life. Yeah, so it's kind of a long story and a couple different parts, but it started in 2015 where I had met this guy named Tom, who's now been my partner for eight years. But at the time, I had only known him, you know, a few months. We were in a shared living situation in Mill Valley, California, and uh, we were hiking buddies. And one day he, he we were in the forest and he just said, what if we, you know, 
camped up here, you know, full time and stop paying rent. You know, what if we, what if we just pitched our tent? And I thought he was crazy. I was like, you know, I'm not going to do that. And, but he, he decided to do it anyway. And so he started camping on Mount Tamalpais near San Francisco in his tent. And I liked hanging out with him so much. I'd only known him for about six months, but I loved hanging out with him so much. I was there like every day with him. And I'm like, well, why am I paying rent? <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I just started camping with him and eventually living in the in a Prius with him. And that was the initial journey into to tiny living. So we started very tiny together, actually. <laughs> two people in a Prius. Yeah, two people in a Prius. And it's hard for people to believe, but you just fold the seats down and you make a little bed. And we actually had a storage unit in Sausalito that we used as like a hangout and a music jam space. So we weren't just like sitting in the Prius for hours and hours. It was just our bed, you know, for the evenings, yeah, but we okay. saved a lot of money doing that, especially in the Bay Area. I bet. I bet. So you kind of saw that you could live together in a tiny space. So then you took the leap to a to an Astro van that yeah. was actually in 2018. And um, that came on, on the heels of me losing my job. I was a news reporter at a radio station in San Francisco and I lost that job in 2016. And actually that's coincided with when Tom bought his sailboat. And so that's what I moved on to first before I bought the Astro van. But it's basically a non-working, non-functioning sailboat at that time with no stove, no sink, you know, no uh, toilet, no Wi-Fi. It was very bare bones. So I did that for a couple of years and finally through you know my blog and through the entrepreneurship I was able to afford my first van which was a Chevy Astro for six thousand dollars nice those Chevy Astros are pretty popular in the van life world yeah it was a great van it was an all-wheel drive conversion van it had 56,000 miles on it it was just loved by an older couple who kept it in a garage um, for its entire life so I still have it actually it's here in Mexico with me now I love that that van my first van <laughs> Yeah, you could sell that for a lot more than $8,000 right now, I'm sure. Those are in high demand. I know, and they really are. People love them. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, so now you spend your time between the sailboat and you also have another van. Yeah, correct. We purchased a, um, a Sprinter van in 2021 and started doing a DIY camper van project. And part of the reason of doing that was so I could write about it on my site because my site does write about, you know, van life. And I wanted to actually have had that experience of building one out, which actually Tom has been doing, but I've been helping and chronicling <laughs> it, taking some pictures. I'm not really a builder. But um, we've been working on that van for a while. So we spend about six months in, in that van in the United States. And then in the winter, we come to Mexico and live on our sailboat. Okay. And you'd sail in your sailboat or you just pretty much live in uh, in ports and whatnot? Yeah, we definitely sail on it. We sailed it from San Francisco all the way um, down the Baja Peninsula and up the Sea of Cortez to Puerto Penasco, just south of Arizona. And so um, we we take it out, we sail it, um, and then we anchor in various places. It's kind of the equivalent of boondocking in a van. You're just in a very remote, beautiful place, and you drop your anchor and you hang out for a few days. But then you sail to the next destination. It's It's really quite fun. Yeah, that's wonderful. You're the second person I've had on my show who... Um, who does sailboat life in addition to van life. Uh, I haven't had any solo women who talk about sailboat life. That must, I imagine that would be kind of difficult to do as a solo person. 
I know someone you could talk to. There are two solo women in the boatyard and they're in their 30s and they have their own sailboat and they're they're really remarkable women and they're solo cruisers and it's fantastic. They, they'd be great on your show. <laughs> oh, yay. Send them my way. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So you talk, uh, we sort of talked a little bit about this, um, how you make money. So let's let's back up for a bit there because that's the main reason I wanted to have you on the show was to share all the amazing uh, information that that you have that I've learned from and that you're so generous with sharing. I think I first found you on a van life summit somewhere uh, where you were talking about how you make money from your blog. And as someone who is a writer, I was like, what? <laughs> and I had my blog going, I think at that time, but I was just mostly chronicling my story and the places I went and the things that I was doing in my van. And listening to you, you got me thinking about it in a whole different way. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you learned about blogging for profit and where that journey has gone for you? Yeah, that's kind of funny because I also used to maintain a blog um, and it was just that. It was like writing about my personal stories and journey and my friends and family were the only ones who read it. And I thought that's what a blog was. And then in 2017, I was like trying to figure out like, how am I going to make money to travel full time? Because, you know, Tom was retrofitting our sailboat and I just knew I wanted to have that freedom to travel and not be connected to a job. And so I was researching and just reading articles and trying to figure it out. And I stumbled upon an article uh, about a woman named Michelle Schroeder Gardner of Making Sense of Sense. She has a personal finance blog. And I read in the article that she made like $100,000 per month. And I was like, what? Like blogs make money? I really had no idea. I was kind of like came from where you came from, where I had no clue. And so that's where I first learned about that. And that's when I decided that I'm going to do that too. I'm absolutely, that'd be a perfect career for me as a writer, a journalist, someone who loves connecting with people and sharing stories and doing interviews. And it just seemed like the right thing to do. And so I just started taking classes. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I better learn about it because it's a whole new world, you know, the online business thing. <laughs> yeah. So how do blogs make money? Yeah, there's a few ways. So one way is through advertising revenue. And so I work with a, a company called Mediavine. And you can apply to this company when you reach a certain number of sessions on your site. Now it's 50,000. At the time when I joined, it was 25. They place ads throughout your site. They do all the negotiations with all the advertisers. And you don't have to do anything but apply and get accepted. And they just put the ads on there. And so it's a form of passive income, which is my favorite way to make money right now. And another way is affiliate marketing, where you put links um, in an article, you're recommending a product you love, and if someone clicks the link, it's tracked and you get a small commission if they purchase. And another way is sponsored posts if a company pays you to, to write an article. I do a few of those, not very many. And then another one is product creation. So those are some of the main ways, like creating a course or an ebook, a PDF, a download, something that somebody someone can buy. And that could be very cheap, like $9, or more expensive, like $200, for example. Yeah, and you're doing all those things. You are uh, doing the advertising and you have the affiliates, the sponsored posts. I also noticed that you have a team of writers who work for you now. How long did yeah. it take? How long was it before you started hiring writers to write for you? 
Yeah, that was about two years later. It was 2019, I think. Maybe I hired a couple and, you know, I think it was 2019. And I decided like to scale this thing and to get traffic, I need to have writers and I need to have a virtual assistant who can upload that content to WordPress. And another big reason was that I, I knew I was going to sail down the coast of Baja and I didn't know how internet would be. And I wanted my blog to be something Thing that would work without me there. I wanted to replace myself a little bit as a functioning, the main functioning part of the blog. And so I hired the writers, I started implementing them with the virtual assistant, and it just started running itself. It was amazing. The writers were excellent. They write um, SEO optimized content perfectly that goes on, you know, the, the articles they write land on the first page of Google. I don't have to edit them. And so that I consider myself very lucky in the writers that I've managed to find for my site. And that was key to, to scaling it to a larger number of page views. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about um, like the latest kind of development that we're seeing now in writing, which is AI, artificial intelligence. And I'm just curious your thoughts on what artificial intelligence is going to do to the writing world and the blogging world and any kind of creatives. Yeah, I mean, it could change it a lot. I personally don't like it because I'm someone who's a writer and I hire real people to write articles because I really value someone's experience in an article and having that ability to connect with an audience to say like, hey, I did this and here are my recommendations. When you throw AI into that, like it's just so impersonal and it's regurgitating things that aren't true. And I've tried using it because I want to experiment with all the latest you know, things that are happening, but I just personally do not like it. I think it's okay for like brainstorming article ideas or maybe even um, coming up with headings or subheads for an article and figuring out a structure of an article, but just not to write the whole thing. But that's my opinion. <laughs> I know a lot of people are yeah. going to use it and it could change blogging a lot as people kick out content and use it to write posts. But I just, I don't like it. And I think one thing about Google is they understand that your experience is relevant and necessary for good writing. And I think that they will always value that. At least I hope so. And so that's my goal yeah. is to provide that experience. <laughs> uh, I had a fun experiment where I asked, uh, I can't remember what the, what the AI tool was to write an article about solo women uh, are being and they came up with this scary, like 10 list of things that reasons why, you know, women shouldn't. And one of the, one of the things they said was that camping at a higher elevation is dangerous. Like what? <laughs> I posted it up. I know. So anyway, it has a ways to go, but I definitely think it's going to be a tool that we do need to learn about because I think it will be impacting anybody who is a creative person. It seems like there's a lot of AI art and stuff out there now too that artists probably are not really psyched about either. So we got to stay on top of this stuff and, and make sure that that creativity is still a human thing out there. Yeah. And to write relatable content that people know like, oh, you're a real person writing this. And then they want to read your stuff, I think. Yeah, the thing I like about your site is you write about boat life, you write about van life, you write about tiny home living. Is there one other topic? Is there one more? RVing. And RVing. Yes, of course, RVing. Yeah, so um, I love that. And and you've done most of those. Have you RVed? 
You know, I have not RV'd yet or lived in a tiny home. And for those reasons, I actually have writers that write those articles. I don't write those. Um, one of them is an RVer. He's lived in a variety of RVs and travel trailers. So he's my RV writer. And I have a tiny house writer who's currently living in a tiny house. So to me, it's important, like we talked about, to have that experience and someone who's doing it to write those articles. Because I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm not the best person to write them, but I can definitely facilitate them happening. And so that's what I try to do. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, on this uh, on this podcast and on my site, we're, it's for solo women travelers, no matter what they're traveling in. So it could be a tent, it could be you know an RV, a van, whatever, and maybe even we'll get a sailboat person on here. That would be really fun. Totally. Um, so let's talk. You you also were involved just recently with a big summit that you put on. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that was a Van Life uh, virtual summit I put on with uh, Project Van Life. They're another big um, organization that promotes van living with a lot of social media followers. So they kind of do what I don't do very much, which is social media. So we figured with my blog's reach and with their social media reach, we could throw a pretty good event. And I think we did. We had 11,000 attendees and we Whoa. had like, yeah, a lot of people signed up. We had a ton of speakers. And what I liked about this one is a lot of these sessions were live. And so people could actually tune in in and do a chat box and interact with the speakers, which was really fun. We had a couple that was living in their Prius and they were showing us all about um, all the storage and implementations they'd made to that Prius to turn it into a camper. And then you have people chatting them and asking questions. And it was a really cool interactive experience, but it was a three-day event and it was really successful and people seemed to really like it. And so um, that was really fun to, to do as something a little bit different than what I normally work on. So let me ask you this question from a business perspective, because I know that event was free. So how does that make you money? Yeah, so we have sponsors. And so the sponsors can choose a variety of packages that they would like to contribute money for a certain amount of um, visibility within the summit. And then the summit is free to watch for three days. But to get access after those three days, there was an all access pass that we sold for $37. And I think around like eight or 900 people purchased that. And that's something that can still be purchased and that I'm, you know, adding to my emails and to my podcast, because it's so much good information of someone's curious about van life. It's amazing. And so I'm continuing to promote it because all the videos are recorded. And I actually did a lot of the interviews and I contributed a couple sessions. And so I just think it's very valuable for van lifers. And I'm excited that it's still available to access whenever someone wants if they purchase that pass. Yeah, we can definitely put the link to that in our show notes. So this, uh, the sense I got was for people who are interested in getting started. Is that, was that your target audience? Yeah, it was more beginner stuff, like how to build a van, how to boondock, you know, how to choose a van. Um, it was, I would say it was more targeted toward very beginners, but it was helpful for for people who are considering it and re in the researching stage. Yeah, that's amazing. You had 11,000, there's 11,000 people out there that are considering getting into van life and that registered for this. <laughs> I know, I was actually shocked as well. I'm like, wow, there's that many people out there that but I guess there there are, and some of them are weekend warriors too, not just full timers. But yeah, it was a variety of people, and that was that was shocking to me. Yeah. So now you also are, are a teacher. Now you've got a course that you've created to help people learn the kind of skills that you've picked up in your your journey to becoming a you know a self sufficient full time traveler. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I developed a course called Niche Sites Made Easy because I wanted people, if 
if they wanted to learn how to make a passive income and money on the road, like I have, I wanted to teach them how I did it. And so I go step by step um, into actually what I wish I had learned in the very beginning, because I signed up for courses in the beginning that didn't teach me like how to get on Google, how to write for the internet. These are things I had no idea. So when I started, I was kind of writing these long form articles that didn't have headings, subheadings or any kind of structure because I just didn't know and I didn't know how to put images or how to find images. So the course I created was like everything I wish I had known in the beginning, like immediately how to do keyword research, how to like find articles people will read, how to choose a profitable niche, how to like um, scale your site if that's what you want to do. So it's kind of a, just the nuts and bolts of creating a site that um, could be profitable one day if it's, you know, worked on a lot. <laughs> It's a, yeah. it's a long process to create a profitable site. It's not like something that'll happen overnight. It takes time, effort, lots of energy. And the willingness to learn is something I'm always advocating because I, I think of it as a new degree. Like I was, you know, got a journalism degree and this is not journalism at all. It's like maybe it has some aspects of it, but it's a whole new skill set I had to learn. So I encourage people to to learn if they want to do this, but it's very viable as a, as a way to make money because I knew nothing about it. And so I always tell people like, if I could do it, you could do it because I knew nothing about it. <laughs> so. Yeah, very good. So what's the difference between a niche site and a blog? So I tend to think of a blog more as the traditional blog like you and I were talking about in the beginning. And I think people still think that's what I do, which is write about myself and my journeys and what I'm doing. And I think people think it's like a YouTube channel where I think the YouTube channels are the new blogs where people are like following their own journeys and filming their own life and stuff. I'm like, that's kind of what a blog used to be. <laughs> yeah. But now now that the terms can be used interchangeably a little bit, like sometimes I call myself a blogger because I think people kind of understand, oh, I right? You know, I don't know. It's it's very difficult nowadays to differentiate, but I do think a niche site is different in that it focuses on one topic or cluster of topics that are all interrelated and that are written to answer people's questions on Google. For example, like if someone types in, what's the best van for van life into Google? I want my site to appear on the first page of Google. Or for example, there's another niche site that I love and it's all about sourdough bread and every single thing on there is about sourdough bread. So I'd consider that a niche site. So if she wrote about sourdough bread and then her trip to Italy and then what her kids were doing in school, that would be like more like a blog or like okay. they call that a lifestyle blog. It's too many okay. topics for Google to really know like what your expertise is. It's harder to get traffic. It's harder to make money and rank on Google. So those are some of the main differences I would say. Okay. So if somebody's listening and they're intrigued, what are, what are some things that you would want somebody to know before they headed down into, you know, if I've got a lot of listeners out there who want to make money so that they can travel more. Yeah, I would how, definitely how, want to. How realistic is it for like, what kind of time frame should people be planning for before you actually bring money in from a niche site? Yeah, it all is depends on a lot, but I'd say more of the average time frame would be like at least a couple of years. I know it's a long time frame, but when I started the Wayward Home, I actually within six months I achieved my first advertising revenue, which a company called Four Wheel Campers paid me five hundred bucks a month to put a banner ad on my site. That was just six months of work, and that was really exciting to me. And within six months, I also got on MediaVine, the ad network. That was a premium ad network that that was my goal. And I worked so hard to get on Mediavine. 
online. And initially that probably boosted my ad revenue to like $30 a day up from like three cents a day. And that was six months into blogging. And so it really just depends like how much time can you put into it? How many articles can you write? Like I was not traveling full-time, which helped, I think, me to get started. So I sat at a gym, which was a gym with a little cafe because I wasn't allowed to live on my sailboat. So I couldn't sit and work on my sailboat. Plus I had no internet. So I sat at my gym like 10 hours a day and I was working on this thing. And I was in one place and I did that daily and I worked so hard. And so I do think a lot of it is, you know, depends on how much time someone wants to put in. But if you do put in a ton of time and you are motivated and want to take classes and want to write and learn keyword research, it can start, you know, happening fairly quickly. I started a niche site in January um, to test some of my theories for my course because I wanted to make sure it was relevant and that it would work. And that site after, I think it's been like two months and it's ranking for like a thousand keywords and which is fantastic. And it's made no money. Um, it's still too new, but it's getting clicks to affiliate programs. And so I'm just seeing it grow and I'm putting like a medium amount of time. I hired some writers for it, but it's not like something I'm diligently working on, like what I did with the wayward home in the beginning. But yeah, I know it's kind of a, it depends sort of answer, but it is yeah. possible if someone does have that time and motivation to sit down and and do it. And what are some, I'm sure people are sitting there thinking, hmm, what could I write about? So what are some good topics that people could write about? Yeah, it runs the gamut, which is, you know, a huge question I get all the time. I actually have a whole module in my course dedicated to niche validation and what you need to look for in um, selecting a niche, what kinds of things you should, you know, analyze on Google. But I, I think it's important to write about something that you love and that you're passionate about because you're probably going to be thinking about it a lot and writing about it a lot and putting a lot of time into it. So if it's something you don't like very much, it's going to be really boring. And I think someone's just probably going to fizzle out and not be interested in pursuing it. But it can be a hobby. Like I was just speaking to a woman who purchased my course and she um, has a site about uh, quilting. And I told her like, yeah, that's a huge niche. Like people love quilting. <laughs> and so yeah. that one and, or knitting, like any hobby you can think of can make a good niche site or even hiking or outdoor activities. Or I saw recently on a, a tool I use to assess niches, I saw a surfing niche and I saw that there's actually not a lot of competition for the surfing niche. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of fun if I knew more about surfing. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. But um, so there's so many niches out there that are, are possible. And I use a tool. Um, there's a, a variety of ways, but there is a tool called nichefinder.io and it is a paid tool, but I've tested it. Um, it's in my course just because I want to give people options and um, you can like type in any kind of hobby or word and it shows you all these blogs that are ranking and how many keywords they're ranking for if they're on an ad network. Um, so you get an idea if they're successful or not and if there's space for you in that niche as well. So, so yeah, it's exciting. There's so many possibilities with niche websites that I think it's thrilling. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. So if somebody wants to learn from you if they're they're intrigued like where can they get some information More yeah information. i actually i have um you know, a free how to start a niche site course. If people just want more info and they don't want to like purchase a course, I know that's scary to purchase something if you're not sure if you want to do it or not. And so I do have um, a free course. It's five days and it just goes into some of what we've talked about, like how these sites make money, how to think about or choose a niche, um, how to monetize a site. So I just go over a lot of these components in that free course. So people can start there if they want, if they want to jump 
open. They can they can purchase um, the course if, if they would like. Um, so yeah, either either way. Okay. <laughs> or they can listen to podcasts with me. Like there's there's a few ways for them to to learn more about that topic. Yeah, very good. So what uh, what what what's it going to cost somebody to jump in if they did decide to take your course? Yeah, so I have a, a coupon on offer um, for people who are viewing that sales page for the first time. It'll be a $147 and that's a 20% off coupon. The normal price is $197. And so um, it is, it seems like, you know, a lot for some people, but it's also cheaper than other um, niche courses on the market that I've checked out and that I've personally taken, but those run into more like, you know, five, six, $800. So I wanted to keep it, you know, under 200 because I also, my goal is to help nomads. And I know like, I mean, I was struggling in the beginning. I wasn't making very much money either. And I know a lot of people are in that place. And so I didn't want them to need to fork out tons of money to, to learn this skill set. So that was my goal in this. Yeah, $150 is pretty reasonable for a course, especially if it could take you to earning a, a, a decent income or even a side income while you are traveling. So yeah. um, I mean, geez, it's like one tank of gas in my van. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah. And if you can learn, you know, how to use it to make passive income, that's my favorite part is my site, it's at that level where I can work or not work. And every day I wake up and the ad revenue is the same. And it's like, I know that that's coming in. And of course, there's various factors like Google can decide one day um, to do an update and they can knock your site down in the rankings and you can lose a lot of traffic. That happened to me, actually. But when that happens, you just keep writing, keep rebuilding, and eventually you'll recover. And my site fully recovered and is doing even better. But there, while I call it a pretty reliable income and it's reliable and stable for me, things can happen like Google updates, but um, I've only experienced one of those. And other than that, I've had a really reliable income now for like four years. And that's just phenomenal to me. Like I still can't believe it. <laughs> that's wonderful. Does your partner also work? You know, he does on occasion. He is an electrician. So sometimes we go to San Francisco and he does like electrical jobs, but his main focus is um, building the van and maintaining the boat and doing all this hands-on stuff that I don't like to do. And so we're kind of perfectly partnered in that way where I enjoy making the income that we can use anywhere in the world. And he enjoys doing all these projects. And so it's yeah. like a perfect match. I love it. Yeah. So um, if I were to I or somebody was to take your course and let's say we're, we're going through it and like we're watching the video. It was, is it videos? Is it it's videos? videos and text. Yeah. Videos okay. and text. And then like me showing how to do certain things and yeah, but mostly videos that are under 10 minutes. I wanted to keep it succinct because I think it's really hard to slog through like a 20 or 30 minute video. I personally have a short attention span. So I try to do things short and succinctly. <laughs> so get to the point. <laughs> yeah. And that would be good if somebody was like watching on their phone or something. So if I, if I was watching one of these, these videos and I got stuck and couldn't quite understand what you were getting at. I know I've I've signed up for online courses where I've kind of been stuck, but there's been nobody to go to for help. Is that available for people? Yeah, I, I look at my emails every day and I respond to emails and I've actually like 
um, responded to people needing help um, with their niche idea or with the course. And I'll happily do that. Like I'm constantly in my email inbox. And so people can reach me. I really want people to be successful with this. Um, I'm very passionate about it as a way to make money because it's worked for me and it, it really can work for, for anybody, no matter their background or age. Um, you just have to have a computer and an internet connection and a willingness to like <laughs> learn all about how to use WordPress and stuff, which can seem daunting. But one of my friends actually signed up for my course in took it and she was not techie. She hated this stuff. And she actually was frustrated and emailing me like, I can't, you know, do this or figure this out. <laughs> but then she figured it out. And she's like obsessed with it now. She's like, Kristen, I can't believe I'm in WordPress every day. Like what's happening to me? Yeah. <laughs> but she's she's going to use it to develop her own coaching business. And so you can also use a website or a blog to bring in um, traffic that you can then sell maybe your services, or you can become a coach, or you can help someone in a different way. You don't just have to write and have it be kind of anonymous. You can actually use it to bring traffic to a business or a course yeah. or a book you want to sell. So it's very versatile. That's great. So what kind of skills do you think someone should possess to be successful in this? Yeah, I think the definitely someone should like to write and be willing to learn like how to write a blog post and how that's different than other forms of writing, especially if you're going to be writing all your own content. I do know some people will start a niche site and for some reason they have a lot of money already or they have another job and they can hire writers. So that's another, if you are a horrible writer and you want to have a niche site or a blog and you have that capital to do investment up front to hire writers, then you don't have to be a good writer. So that's another thing that's kind of cool. Um, but if you're doing everything yourself, I, I think being a good writer, um, you know, willingness to learn, um, you know, is huge. I think I hate designing websites. I absolutely, you know, don't like it. It's very frustrating to me, but um, I went through and watched like tons of YouTube videos and figured out how to design my my site the way we're at home. I didn't hire someone for like 18 months to, to help me out with it. So I designed it and it was horrible looking. <laughs> and so um, anyway, just the willingness to I love to your jump site. In. Your well, someone love... designed it. Oh, okay. And in the beginning all right and you have a really cute logo with the, the van and the trees and everything yeah yeah I didn't do any of that so in the beginning it looked way more like not not good but it it did it it made the revenue it got the page views so if someone um thinks they're horrible at web design and doesn't want to do that part like it doesn't matter that much and now there's templates out there which I show in my course as well kind of like plug and play homepage about page blog page templates, you don't have to design as much. And that's what I did for my second site, which I'm currently working on. But um, there's there's ways around like all your fears when it comes to trying to do uh, niche site creation, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that I've loved about it for me personally is I do enjoy learning and trying new things. And this has just really been great. It's been challenging for my mind and, um, and, and this pushing me in new directions. So that's something that I enjoy and it's, it's challenging, but it's not too challenging. I can learn it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's also fun. I mean, online business has so many components. I mean, not only can you do a niche site and create posts and articles, you can also learn how to do email marketing. You can learn how to do course creation. Like there's so many things to learn. And for someone who has a very active mind, like me, like I get mm -hmm. bored if I'm not doing something. I love like this, uh, this ability to constantly learn like five, six years later, I'm still taking classes and learning like all the time. It's a major component of my business and my self, you know, my growth with, with the business. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Kristen, so much for coming on. Is there anything about either the writing niche sites or your courses that I didn't ask that you wanted to bring up? Um, I'm just excited to have been on and talking about this. As you can tell, I am, you know, excited about it, passionate about it. So if any of your listeners just want to email me, you know, Kristen at the waywardhome.com, feel free just to email me and ask me questions. Um, yeah, I, I'm just op- an open book. <laughs> and I, I've been featured on several podcasts where I talk more about this. So if people want to listen to those, I can send those their way too. And so, so yeah, I'm just excited to to help people out. Thank you so much. And I will put all the links, of course, as always, in the show notes so people can connect up with Kristen, check out the course, check out her blog, and check out her podcast. I was actually a guest on your podcast uh, a few months back where I talked about being a campground host. So Yes, that yes, was that was fun a fun too. one. Yeah, hopefully people can go listen to that, that you had so much good stuff to share on that. I know because I haven't talked on my own podcast about being a campground host, really. So that was nice to do that there. Yeah. Well, great. Well, have fun out there sailing uh, out in Mexico right now. And hopefully we will see you on the road sometime when you when you get back and start traveling again in your van. Totally. That'd be so fun. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I really want to thank Kristen again for coming on and sharing all that valuable information with us. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, the way that blogs and niche sites make money is through advertising, affiliate links, sponsored posts, and products that you sell on your site. Number two, if you want to learn more about the Van Lifer Summit, I have a link in the show notes. And number three, if you do decide you're ready to jump in and want to take Kristen's niche site course, please be sure to use the link below because that's my affiliate link and I will make a few dollars from that purchase. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.